Uh, welcome to an inquiry into freedom with your hosts Ron and Alan. Uh, the other guys are on. So, uh, interesting um, thing I saw today. We we've been talking about how inept our government is, and uh, you had mentioned the the money that the Pentagon. You know, we're talk we were talking about the debt ceiling. And how the Pentagon just kind of is missing a bunch of money, and we've talked about the COVID relief money that's missing. So an article came out, <laughs> ironically enough. According to the Defense Department officials, the United States overestimated military aid, including weapons and ammunition sent to Ukraine, by at least $3 billion due to an accounting error made by the Pentagon. Oh, my gosh. The newly revealed accounting mistake may allow the Biden administration to postpone uh, seeking additional aid authorizing uh, authorization from Congress for Ukraine in the near future. Here's the funny thing. Uh, I, I'll skip through and get to the end. The acknowledgement was made following mounting pressure from Congress on the Pentagon to demonstra demonstrate transparency regarding the billions of dollars in weapons, ammunition, and equipment sent to Ukraine. Some lawmakers have raised concerns about the ongoing level of support. Here's my problem. Here we go with the the language manipulation. Uh, Some lawmakers have raised concerns. So, screw the taxpayer. Um, but we're concerned about it. So as long as we show some some concern, that should be adequate. Yeah. I mean, w wait a minute. This is $3 billion. They say that uh, the, the Pentagon is currently assessing, assessing the extent of the overestimation, but estimates it to be a minimum of $3 billion. However, this figure may increase as further analysis is conducted. First of all, who in the hell is responsible for that and are they still employed? Because $3 billion plus is not a minor mistake. That's not a, that's not a minor accounting error. Yeah, let's see. Their, their total annual GDP in Ukraine is $50 billion. So they were off by all... What seven percent of the net GDP of Ukraine? Of course, we're providing them somewhere around two hundred percent of their annual GDP and military assistance. Well, actually, to bail out their unions and stuff too. So, yeah, they don't care about the concerns of the voters or the citizens. It's you know, uh, two or three unnamed, they say, you know, 
elected officials. Well, who are these people who are concerned? Do we even get to know who they are? Yeah. Hang on one sec. Hang on one sec. To allow our government to, to just kind of mishandle all this money. And, and we, you know, we're the ones that are funding everything. But yet, you, you hear the comment, some law, lawmakers are concerned, have voiced, you know, showed some concern. Concern is not enough. Because we, we talked about the, what was it, $30 billion, $30 billion that uh, disappeared when, when Donald Rumsfeld was in charge. Yeah. They, they, they still don't know where that money's at. They don't know where the COVID relief money is gone. I mean, is, is, this, is this kind of a, another uh, situation where they're laundering that money? Lawmakers, all, are, all of them are involved? I mean, I don't know. I'm just making crap up, right? Well, at this point, you might as well, because we don't know the truth. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, so we talked about that you know, last that's episode. Spurs, yeah, that's what spawns conspiracy theories. Yeah. They, they demonstrate their incompetence. We start making fun of it. And then it, all of a sudden it starts sounding like it makes more sense than the stories they're telling us that are not true. And all of a sudden that's a conspiracy theory. Right. Even though it's just... Uh, <laughs> Sarcasm, making fun of these assholes. So it, it's just ridiculous that that we don't get to know. Um, and it doesn't sound like anyone else gets to know either. That's the scary part is, you know, uh, you or I run a, a company and uh, have the IRS audit us and have no idea where... You know, huge chunks of money are. Well, this will make sense to you. This will make sense to you. I want to read this part to you because of your background. And and I think you're going to get a laugh out of this. So, a Pentagon spokeswoman, Sabrina Singh, explained that the mistake occurred because the Pentagon mistakenly used... Hang on. Okay, so so uh, spokeswoman from the Pentagon, Sabrina Singh, explained that the mistake occurred because the Pentagon mistakenly used a higher value cost equivalent to the replacement cost rather than the actual value of the weaponry at the time of purchase and depreciation. This led to an overestimation of the value of certain military equipment taken from U.S. stocks and sent to Ukraine. Again, I'll say, from my perspective, that's not a minor accounting error. Right. And from for someone from your with your background, how would you react to that? If it, like if you were the owner of the company that was doing this, or the organization, whatever, and you were the boss, what would your reaction be? Well, first of all, if you're going to put out a number of how many dollars worth of equipment that you're sending, you have to have some sort of agreed-upon calculation that you're going to use. 
They're using book value. So we bought this tank two years ago and it's depreciated down to this amount of money. Well, <laughs> seriously? It's not a car lot. So, well, no. And what on, what on earth in major equipment has depreciated in value in the last three years? I mean, my old Durango went from two thousand worth $2,000 to $15,000 in three years just because of how screwed up the market is. Right. So how does a tank or uh, an A-10 Warthog or uh, M-16s, those are going down in value? Really? Oh. I mean, does, uh, does, the, does the federal government actually expect us to believe that they're depreciating out that equipment? I mean, well, w w yeah, because they, they have no tax basis anyway. Because well, they I'm don't saying. pay taxes, right? Yeah. So, they, I can see them having to have some sort of a calculation of of what what something on their books is worth. You know, this this uh, M1 Abrams is worth X number of dollars. Uh, versus this M1 Abrams over here. Um, I have no idea what they use up with their values. If there's a straight line depreciation, if it's market value, uh, what have you. But if you're going to put out a number, then you only have one way to calculate that number, and that is according to whatever your, your statement is going to be. <clears throat> if you're using book value then you're using book value. If they used the uh, cost approach of how much it costs to purchase it, then, then somebody made a, a huge mistake because they neglected to follow directions. That, I mean, that's what they did. They, they did not follow directions. But... Uh, uh, one at least one pe person or several people or a team, as people like to talk about, ought to be suspended or canned. Um, but that's just bullshit. I mean, so this is the first instance I've heard of that there was a miscalculation of anything of value of military armament that was given in aid. Anywhere around the world for, uh, let's just say, at least two decades. I'm struggling to remember the last time I heard about a miscalculation in in-kind equipment donations. So how does it happen that it's just at the opportunity a fascist dictatorship okay so we were talking about um, the the multi-billion dollar mistake in the Ukraine funding yeah three billion dollar mistake three billion I mean, uh, estimated three billion it could be uh, it could turn out to be more but if we approve 50 billion in chunks 
then how is it off by three billion? Just in, I mean, that's just insane. Well, I think that's the that's the rub, right? So, in the article, it states it's an estimated three billion. However, it could end up to be much more. So. It goes back to what we said before. Why don't we know the truth? Why why can't you why can't you just be honest? I mean, if they discover the error and they're just throwing out a number, they know what the real number is. I mean, yeah, you think that do. you think that they would know. I mean, it's again, it's not like you know, oh my gosh, this is a you know, somebody put a, a an expense in the wrong area. Instead of putting it in, in the expense column, they put it in the accounts receivable column for, for you know, $5,000. Three plus billion dollars. Again, it's not minor. This is a, this is a big deal. Well, and why don't they? Why don't they tell us how they? I mean, they think they're kind of telling us by saying that it's their. Well, they didn't say that it was their book value or adjusted book value, but that's what they're essentially telling us is that it's their book value. Right. It's just that uh, if you're donating equipment to them, then why aren't you using the number that's the cost of the equipment? I mean, unless it's a, a, let's say it's an Abrams tank that's 20 years old. Well, fine. You know, we don't want to claim that, but it's like we've got to, we've got to be charging them. There's got to be some accountability. I don't know what the accountability needs to be, but um, I just don't, I don't understand why we would be saying, okay, well, we're, we're donating military equipment and we're donating it based on the uh, adjusted book value, which uh, makes no sense to me. I mean, that that's just an accounting thing to tell you about how much something's worth. And you're really in the military, you're more interested in the useful life of something than its value. Um, because they're not paying tax on it. They're not paying property taxes on it, I can guarantee you. No, they didn't pay sales tax on it. They're not paying disposal taxes. They're not They're not paying fees for batteries that have gone bad. You know? Uh, so their book value number is useless as far as I'm concerned. Um, although I, I do understand that if they're... If they're giving away a, a squadron of airplanes, then they they need to be able to answer the question, well, how much were those planes worth? I mean, that's a reasonable thing to do. But it's just they've done so much stuff that with smoke and mirrors that it's hard to even know how to ask a a direct question because we're not getting good information to begin with you know well, you, wouldn't you think that the house budget committee would be all over this going okay wait a minute um we appropriate the funds 
you misappropriated the funds. We want to know where, where the, the accounting error occurred and where the money is and how much money that is. Because we're talking about raising the debt ceiling. But if we're missing money, wouldn't that be, you know, uh, a conversation to have concerning how much more we need to raise the debt ceiling when we have missing money that we could put back into the coffers? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just yeah. throwing that out there as a, a, just an idea. I mean, waste, fraud, and abuse, um, I, I'm not even sure if you could come up with a number uh, that would be accurate or even close to to h how inefficient our our government is with our money, and you you've talked about it, mentioned it many times on on you know we need to claw back on some of this stuff. We we've we've talked about okay if you want to have a serious co conversation regarding reparations, there are reparations for multiple things. Uh, that should be involved in that same conversation because the taxpayer is the one that screws it up every time. And, and I want to make a point here because I was watching uh, uh, an analysis on um, the very thing that we're talking about. And uh, it had to do with, so the mayor of New York City is filing a lawsuit um, essentially to end New York City being a sanctuary city. They want to end New York being a sanctuary city. And so the, these people that are talking about this are like, yeah, New York is, is uh, spending too much money um, they can't handle the influx of immigrate, immigrants um, and what's happening with the border crisis. So now, now these sanctuary cities are complaining about the money it's costing them and, and now admitting that there's a crisis at our border. But here's the key mistake. And, and this, is, this is what we have listened to for years. It's costing New York City and the government too much money. How about you change the language? What if for the last 30 years, those of us who have watched television and listened to the mass media and listened to the government officials change the verbiage to say it's costing the taxpayer too much money? Yeah. Well, that's exactly it, right? But they don't—they don't say that, and the, and and I think it's—I <clears throat> think that's done on purpose. And again, it's, it's that—it's that. You're mass. exactly right. We do. We need to. We need to change that language and demand that the, that they change that language I for mean, sure. But you get the yeah. point, right? The, no, even, even the news, yeah. even the reporters, the journalists, the so-called mass media. Are, are saying this is costing New York City a ton of money. It's not costing New York City and the government anything. 
It's costing the taxpayer. Again, the government doesn't generate revenue. They collect it. They collect it from the taxpayer. And then they discretionary, uh, discretionally uh, spend that tax money however they want to, including and up to housing illegal immigrants in five-star hotels, forcing them to do that. And now all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we, we don't have the resources anymore. And there's a border crisis, and we have to file a lawsuit uh, to end the very law that we enacted. <laughs> it's just insanity. Yeah. Yeah, it's about as irresponsible as it gets. Uh, I mean, I, I, so, I just can't even... Uh, I don't even want to try to process it. Thank no, so so, so my no. point being is that it's unconstitutional. That that they can they can decide with our tax dollars. Okay, well we're going to allocate uh 20 billion dollars for feeding, housing, and, and providing clothing and food and shelter and money for people who aren't contributing to society until we can, we can convince everybody that we need to allow them to contribute to our society. In the meantime, they're just going to stay here for free and, and we have to foot the bill. And, and, they mention the we as if it was them that are doing it when it's not them that are doing it. It's the people who pay taxes. Yeah. Uh, so I got to move on to something that's really funny. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard or you saw the... Uh, it's very strange to me. Um, Ron DeSantis announcing his... Uh, bid for president in 2024, launching his campaign on Twitter. And not only did he not do it using video, it was just an audio announcement. I find that strange for one reason. And maybe this is just me. Uh... But from what I did hear of it, they had a huge problem with it. You know, supposedly he's so popular, he, he crashed, he, he broke the internet. Um, so I got an alert on my phone. Uh, I logged in, and it was a nightmare. Like the audio was going in and out, and you could hear people scrambling around trying to figure out, you know, what the problem was and... They obviously, obviously, you know, we're talking. I like Elon Musk. I, I really do. Um, you can't figure out an audio stream, but you can you can launch a rocket. Come on, man. Come on. So anyway, well, does that mean that it's Twitter's fault or? Well, I mean, it's the engineers. Like it's, it's the engineers, well, the yeah. producers. You know, I'm not blaming it on Elon, but I, I mean, he. He was there. He was the guy. Like, it was Elon Musk 
and and Ron DeSantis. Oh, okay. I I thought and, and uh, I just heard that he launched Twitter, and I'm like, no, he was actually uh, there with him, live. Okay, but uh, I don't know if they were in the same it, room. I I don't know any of the details, but but they were together, okay. and he was introducing him. And and here's something I want to mention this too. Elon Musk said we need someone uh, in, in the White House in 2024 that's normal. Mr. Musk, you're a very smart human being. Name me one politician that's normal. Yeah. Come on, dude, you got to do better. And yeah, if you think Ron DeSantis is normal, you got bigger problems than I thought. But here's here's yeah. the thing. So so they finally get this thing to work and and apparently there was a half a million people that were trying to get on to listen to him and announce his his run for president and that's what caused all the uh they they weren't prepared for that many people. Uh seriously? So so how are you going to how are you going to have live stream shows and all this other stuff if you can't have an audio announcement from Ron DeSantis? So is there only five million people? I mean, five hundred thousand. Oh, five hundred. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that 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 five hundred thousand apparently broke Twitter. Uh, I don't believe that for a second. Uh, but moving on to the funny part. <laughs> I think that's funny itself. It is funny. So let me rephrase. Moving on to the funnier part. So, <laughs> so Ron DeSantis. Here's what bothers me. Uh, I wanted to mention what bothered me about an audio announcement on Twitter. If you're a serious candidate for the president of the United States, I don't think you should do that in an audio form. It's bad enough that we had to see Joe Biden do a pre-taped video and somebody wrote something for him so that he could sit there and say what he needed to say to launch his, his re-election campaign. But we, we have a governor of the state of Florida who goes on Twitter and does this through audio. And it seemed very scripted to me. So Elon is asking him questions, and it seems to me like he's reading what he's... It's, it's almost like it's predetermined, right? It's, it's, like, it's like Donna Brazil giving Hillary Clinton the questions. And she already knows the answers because she already had the questions. I just kind of got that feeling. Oh. So... so with all that being said, I, I just found it odd that he, he, he didn't go on television. He didn't have a press conference with his family there and, you know, some supporters and all this other stuff. He's doing it through audio on a social media platform. And I get Twitter's a large platform and there's a lot of people. But this is for the presidency of the United States, for the love mm -hmm. of God. I just thought it was kind of odd. Um, didn't seem presidential to me. Now, we've talked about what does presidential look like. Well, it doesn't look like somebody going on Twitter and doing an audio, hey, I'm running for president. I could do that. <laughs> okay. 
Why not? Yeah. So, so to preface, why don't you run? You know, like just just for the hell of it. If I had, if I had the resources, but I got, you know, I don't know. There's some skeletons in my closet that I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'd want the public to know about. Uh, so immediately after he's done. The Trumpster comes out with a video. Now, I have to preface this because we're audio, right? Um, only. For, for now. So he posts this to his Instagram account, and it goes on to Twitter uh, and all social media, and everybody loses their mind. Now, some people think it, it's bad, and I, I found it to be rather hilarious. So... On, so it's a, a, a it's a video, but it's an audio, you know, clip. The the guests on <laughs> this is a a, a uh, so is a mockery of Ron DeSantis's announcement. So there's a picture of Elon, you know, like your like your uh, Facebook account. You have your little round picture for your. Uh, photo oh yeah so that's what they have so it's elon musk <laughs> ron desantis george soros klaus schwab dick cheney adolf hitler the <laughs> the devil <laughs> and the fbi that's who's well, in attendance that's who's in attendance for his announcement oh for the my. president well, in that bunch, I would say Elon's the best. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm going to play this because it's freaking hilarious. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Ron DeSantis Twitter space. Hello. Is my microphone working correctly? George, can you just <laughs> wait while we... Hello. Can you hear me? We can all hear you, George. Can you just hold on for a second? Hilfa, I don't think they can hear me. <laughs> I can hear you fine, George. Just speak to I the I don't microphone. think George knows how to use Twitter. Hello, uh, can you hear me now? Can I please make my big announcement now? Everyone just... Hello! Just shut up, George. Can somebody just mute, George? <laughs> Could you try not to cough on the... <clears throat> okay, so how are we going to take out Trump, you guys? Uh, uh, guys from the FBI, this is not a private call. This is a public Twitter space. Everyone can listen in. God damn it. <laughs> And they, and they log uh, off. Anyway, guys, we uh, invited everyone to this, uh, this Twitter space so Governor Ron DeSantis could... <coughs> everyone just shut the hell up so I can make my announcement, okay? You go, girl. <laughs> Wait, the devil is gay? So what? Everyone in this call is gay. Guys, can we please just calm down? <laughs> <coughs> so anyway, guys, I just wanted to announce that I'm okay. I can hear the governor very well. Shut, shut up! Would George. you please shut up already? <laughs> I, I'm running for fucking president. Okay? <laughs> yeah, we kind of already knew about it. Know, governor. Congratulations, governor. <laughs> uh, well, that concludes our Twitter space for today. Thank you to all of our. Hold your horses, Elon. The real president is going to say a few words. The devil, I'm going to kick your ass very soon. Hitler, you're already dead. Dick Cheney sounds like you'll be joining Hitler very soon. Klaus Schwab and George Soros, I'm putting both your asses in jail. And Ron DeSanctimonious can kiss my big, beautiful 2024 presidential ass. Trump 2024, baby. Let's go. Don't be 
everyone. Welcome to our I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get any more epic than that. And, and so to put some context with it, the guy coughing in the background the whole time was Dick Cheney. <laughs> so if you haven't seen if you haven't seen this, I think more people commented and, and laughed. People were saying, I, I never knew Trump was this funny. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's just so great. Oh, but the, my. the FBI guy. Oh, God damn it. And then, and you know, like, <laughs> like the, the symbol for the FBI just like he disconnects from the call completely. <laughs> it's just freaking great. Oh, oh my, God. my goodness. Well, you know, if I think my whole view on DeSantis is he better darn well hope that he comes out of this whole thing with the ability to run in four more years, because if he doesn't watch it, oh. he's just going to be toast. Let me tell you something. <laughs> People have underestimated Donald Trump Yeah. Uh, since he announced that he was running for president. And uh, he's, ahead by, he's ahead of DeSantis by 30 points. It's a lot. I know there's a long way to go. I mean, we haven't we haven't had debates. You know, the guy announces on Twitter through an audio, you know, interview. Um, we're gonna see him on the campaign trail. Uh, you know, he he's. I I don't think one of the one of the problems is he's been running. This whole time. Uh, every time he has a press conference, he's doing that because yeah. he was you know running for president. Well, he came to the Republican establishment, and I think he's going to live to regret it. So, so that's my thing, Ron. That's one of the things. Oh, sorry. That no, <laughs> no. I, you, you hit the nail on the head. I am sorry, but I believe that he is a, an establishment candidate, and I'm sorry. That's what's gotten us into the trouble that we are in. And all of these people that are falling for his, he, he copies Trump. He, I mean, uh, I can't remember what his campaign slogan is, but it's, it's, he stole it from Trump. Oh, he did? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it's, uh, oh, I'll have to look it up. But, um, but if you. The thing is, is who cares? I mean, I don't give a crap. Well, I want to see someone that's genuine. Well, then, well, I, I think of uh, Elon Musk's comment about wanting someone normal, because I heard him say that in, in another situation. And I, I think I've had this conversation with you on this subject about normal before, because... Um, you know, our athletic director in high school was one of those uh, once-in-a-generation types of coaches. His, his deal was basketball, and I didn't want to play basketball. He was trying to talk me into playing when I moved there. But he won, I think, three or four state championships uh, in high school basketball in Missouri. So, you know, top drawer guy. Um, 
but I remember them uh, talking at one of the uh, athlete dinners about uh, normal. And he's like, I don't want any normal people on my teams. I want abnormal. The normal people are the ones who are in the stands watching the game. The abnormal people are the ones who are playing in the game. And you don't want normal people. His whole point is, is you don't want to aspire to be normal. Because normal people don't accomplish anything. Yeah, they're not yeah, people who no, go, yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't go out and win games. They don't go out and, and win <clears throat> business deals. They don't go out and change the country. Abnormal people do those things. Now, I get what Musk is trying. The point he's trying to make is: let's just, you know, not have an octogenarian and someone who's insulting people like. Don Rickles all the time, you know, fine. Say that though, because he wants a different qualification. He wants some, some invisible standard of what is presidential and normal. But was Dwight Eisenhower normal or Douglas MacArthur normal or Franklin Roosevelt normal or George Washington, normal, you know, none of those people were normal. They're all abnormal. Now, thank God most of them were abnormal because they they were able to make something happen that most normal people would have never even dreamed of. So forget about this whole, I want someone who doesn't tweet so much or doesn't use foul language, or doesn't do this, or does more of that, or whatever. Because the president, president of the United States is not supposed to be someone who checks all the boxes. You know, the whole point to having campaigns and things is to be able to identify someone who is abnormal, someone who can fit and serve the country's needs at whatever point in time we've got going on and we're supposed to be able to identify those kinds of folks and vote for which way we, you know, what way we want the country to go. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my tirade on um, Elon Musk. And as far as uh, DeSantis, uh, I couldn't care less that he's running. I really do no, I don't because either. I don't either. Yeah, the battle we have going on in the country right now is something that he has not ever even spoken about. And it's the one that Trump is willing to fight against Marxism. And that is the battle that we need to fight and win. Yeah. Um, so the only one willing to voice those things is Trump. And uh, like him or not on that issue... Uh, that's why everyone hates him, hates him, is because he's willing to fight socialism uh, completely taking over the United States. So I saw a Uh, comment by a so-called conservative that said, you've got my vote, 
because I don't want to hear a loud mouth in the White House. So my, I couldn't help it. I should have left it alone, but I didn't. <laughs> and I said, so that's the, the most important thing to you is that, you know, Donald Trump has a loud mouth. Just stay home. And the reason I say that is because Donald Trump produced results. And if you're looking for someone who, who's like Joe Biden, but, but has a conservative label, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Then, then vote for Ron DeSantis. I think that a lot of people, if he uh, ends up with the nomination and he becomes the president, I'm going to make a prediction now that people are going to have buyer's remorse. And the reason I say that is because I am completely 100% convinced that he is an establishment candidate. He's friends with Paul Ryan. He's friends with, uh, you know, um, arguably Joe Biden. I mean, he's met with him several times. And I get it. He's a governor. Got to meet with the president. You know, you got to... Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just have this gut feeling that tells me that if he's the nominee, I, I will not vote for him. I'll stay home. Uh, I don't think he's what we need right now. I agree with you that he potentially uh, could be a good president. But he, he's, I've mentioned this before, and I'll say it again, uh, he falls into that category for me that Megyn Kelly is in. She's slowly creeping her way back in uh, to, to someone that I believe and trust. But there's something about him that just, he doesn't seem authentic and genuine to me. He seems, I've watched several of his press conferences. And I get it that you need notes. I get it that you have topics that you want to discuss. But there's a couple of things that stand out to me. And one is that he, he reads a lot of what he has to say. And his mannerisms, he has, he has emulated Donald Trump. So his campaign slogan... Uh, so he announced his, his um, candidacy on Twitter, and he said, um, I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running to lead the great American comeback. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it's like uh, that came sorry, that I, that came I, from I, Donald Trump's State of the Union address. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's not original. It's not it's not like he uh, came up with that one, and it's like, hey, you know, make now, America now great it's argu again. it's arguable that uh, "Make America Great Again" uh, was not Donald Trump's uh, yeah making. True. True. Uh, 
I think Reagan said that. I, I, I could be wrong. Um, but I'm almost positive that somewhere along the line, Ronald Reagan had said that. But if he's going to differentiate himself from Trump, that's the thing. Then, you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. It's the same wallpaper as far as I'm concerned. Well, conservatives are like this. So it, we're we're getting Donald Trump without the bombastic, sarcastic, you know, loudmouth and and uh, name calling and all that other stuff. I'm sorry, I don't think so. No, what? Because those are just the things people don't like about him. He's got a, he has a, a fine mind. That guy, whether you agree with him, what he comes up with or not, he thinks of things people didn't think of, that people don't think of. He thinks of different, uh, it's his background. I see it because I'm in commercial real estate too. And you, you have to think differently in that business. You have to come up with uh, solutions to problems that people never dreamed of if you want to make a project happen. And it's it's just one of those skills that you have to have in that industry. And uh, he has a very fine mind at, at looking at, uh, at a project and coming up with a completely different way of approaching it. What I mean, what they did with the... Um, Abraham Accords in the Middle East was brilliant. Now, the follow-up by the Biden administration may very well torpedo that. Yeah. And it probably the best solution that's ever come along in the Middle East. Uh, hopefully, it's strong enough on its own that Israel and Saudi Arabia will make that happen. But you know, Biden is so busy trying to torpedo things with Saudi Arabia that it just may not be salvageable. But that's how he f solves things. And most people don't even know what the detail of the Abraham Accords are because the media didn't want people to. Yeah. Um. So he's out there trying to make things happen in the best interests of, of America. And he's the only one. Um, now, I'm not saying that his, his policies and DeSantis' policies wouldn't overlap to a large extent. But Trump doesn't need study groups to come up with those kinds of ideas. DeSantis does. DeSantis is a smart guy. I'm not saying that he's not. Yeah, and I'm not either. But, you know, and I think I've always been a proponent of presidents coming from the, the ranks of governorships because the Congress, especially the House of Representatives, is terrible about bringing along people as president. The Senate is really bad. We've had some really terrible presidents come out of the United States Senate. And I honestly think it ought to be illegal. Um, I think the Senate is for people in, uh, who have served their end of their public career 
and they're in there in the Senate uh, as an honor uh, to represent their state and uh, let the governor choose who they want to represent the state and let the legislature affirm that person or deny them. But that's how it was for a century. And we did just fine in this country, a lot better than we do now. But using the Senate as a stepping stone to become president is, I think, a terrible idea. I think it's great that it comes from governors because they have to make real decisions about things they, they can't to do things ideologically. They have to do things in a way that solves people's problems. And DeSantis, he hasn't finished the job in Florida. He's done a great job, but he hasn't finished it yet. There's a lot of work to be done there yet. And I, I just think he needs to uh, finish the job, hone his skills more, and uh, if he's meant for that office, then I think the door is going to swing right wide open for him uh, next time around, but not now. There's the only way I could possibly see voting for him is that if uh, Trump has a heart attack or something and uh, isn't running, you know, he he's the only one willing to fight the battle for the American citizens. Democrat, Republican, um, not affiliated, uh, not even born yet. Um, he's fighting for the American people. And uh, like him or not, he's willing to take that on when he doesn't have to. And he's one of the few people in the country who is willing to do that. And it ought to be respected. So... You know, that's that's my two cents worth. Well, and I uh, happened to see uh, an interview with Eric Bowling. And I like Eric Bowling. I think he's okay. I don't I don't think he's, you know, spectacular in any way, shape or form. But of all people to have on. Uh his show, he's interviewing John Bolton. And you and I have discussed this fool a couple of times. And so it was, you know, after Ron DeSantis had, had done his Twitter announcement and all that stuff. And so Eric Bowling's interviewing John Bolton and, and, there's no love lost between John Bolton and Donald Trump. We all know that. However, John Bolton has come out and, and lied numerous times about Donald Trump, and he continues to do so. Mm -hmm. And so, not getting into you know the specifics of the interview, John Bolton goes on to say that Donald Trump has no idea of of how to conduct foreign affairs and uh, one of the worst presidents that we've ever had. And as he's saying this, the only thing that, but if you heard the interview and, and you know anything about John Bolton and you know anything about his career, the, the only thing that he did not say was that Trump refused to take us to war. 
because if there's anyone that loves the United States being at war more than John Bolton, I'd like to know who that is. Because yeah, that's all that guy cares about. And the words that he was saying, I was like, dude, just say it. I'm waiting for you to say it. I mean, the guy brokered peace deals and, and uh, I mean, he stepped on soil of North Korea. You know, the, the little rocket man wasn't launching freaking missiles anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, our, our border was secure, you know. We, we didn't have any pro ISIS was was pretty much done and now they're on a comeback and all of a sudden you, you, you can't be serious right now but you're upset because you probably looked at him and said we need to go to war and he said you're out of your mind for what and, and then you got the boot and that upset you well old timer you're one of the guys that needs to be put out to pasture. How anybody yeah, has this guy on their show anymore and, and thinks that he is uh, contributing to any conversation is beyond me. Guy's yeah. a moron. Yeah, he is. And he's a, he's a danger to society. I mean, these warmongers, and he's one of them, one of the neocons, anything that involves war, uh, John Bolton is all for it. Absolutely. And yet, I don't think the guy's ever fought in a war. Most of these people never have. I mean, most folks who oh, have ever... Oh, he'd run the opposite direction. Well, yeah, most folks who have actually been in battle, uh, they're the last people to want to see war because it's horrific. horrific. Um, I mean, it's so bad that, you know, I think that that's the one, one thing I would say that it, it would be good to have more of the battlefield scenes of what really happens with people being decapitated or bodies blown apart or whatever. Because it really is horrific. It's something that's so bad that you would never want to have it happen. But he's so in the, in the pocket of the arms manufacturers and these clowns who uh, are paying off Democrats and Republicans to keep our, our Pentagon budget so high that we can't even count the money or keep track of where it goes. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, it's just, it, I don't know. The, the, the guy is just not someone to listen to. He's just not a, not a serious person. So I don't know. Uh, bowling used to be on Fox. Uh, yeah. What's he on now? Is that Newsmax? Newsmax. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, just recently got a, a show on Newsmax, not that long ago. Okay. 
And for the most part, I mean, I, you know, I, I, again, I don't watch a lot of news. I, you know, I, like I said, I've got a streaming service, and occasionally I'll turn it on just to kind of keep up with current events for the show and stuff like that. But uh, I just so happen to uh, not have much going on, and I was home by myself, and I turned it on, and, and there's, there's Eric Bowling interviewing John Bolton. And I'm like, oh, gosh, i got to hear what this idiot has to say. Yeah. And... Uh, Luckily, uh, my TV is still in operating order because <laughs> I just want, I just want to punch him. Is that inciting oh, violence? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Well, so I uh, think so. So, getting back to constitutional conversation, uh, a U.S. district judge sentenced uh, Oath Keepers founder and Army veteran Stuart Rhodes to 18 years in prison on Thursday. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So a jury found Rhodes guilty of seditious conspiracy for his actions on January 6th. Where where was that trial? Was that in Washington, D.C.? Uh, most of them are, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that explains it. Well, sure. Okay. So he became the first person to be sentenced for seditious uh, conspiracy for his role in the... Uh, U.S. Capitol storming, and his sentence is the longest of anyone charged in relation to the demonstration so far. So prior to his sentence, uh, the judge, Amit, <coughs> Amit Mehta, accused Rhodes of being an ongoing threat to the United States saying that he wants democracy in this country to devolve into violence. Uh, and speculating that the moment you are released, whenever that may be, you will be ready to take up arms against your government. Prosecutors wanted him to be sentenced to 25 years, arguing he was the architect behind a plot to block the transfer of power from then-President Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Uh, Meta, the judge and the prosecution, agreed that Rhodes' sentence called for terrorism enhancement because he attempted to influence government procedures through intimidation and coercion. Um, he, uh, Rhodes accused the prosecution of being driven by politics and noted that he never entered the Capitol. He also, and he wasn't armed either, right? No, and he also claimed he never told anyone else to go inside the Capitol. Um, he said, I'm a political prisoner, and like President Trump, my only crime is opposing those who are destroying our country. Um, they intend to appeal, uh, arguing yeah. prosecutors attempted to make Rhodes the face of the Capitol storming. <laughs> Instead of Ray Epps. Yeah. Um, But so his is, his is attorneys. Is this Judge his, Madela, is he related to not a world peace? <laughs> so his, it's so sorry, but it's just so hard for me to take these. Here, here's serious. a funny part to this story, though. So in November, uh, Rhodes' lawyers called an FBI informant to testify as a witness in his case. 
Funny enough, the FBI informant suffered a heart attack while on his way to the trial. <laughs> now, I know it's hard. It's a hard process to go through, and a lot of judges <laughs> uh, deny it. But I would have called for a stay. Yeah, until that witness yeah, was capable yeah. of testifying. I mean, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. you're you're talking about a guy, and I don't know this man. I don't know what his role was. I don't know, you know, what he did or didn't do. Uh, but you're talking about putting away a veteran, you know, for 25 years and a key witness that, uh, you know, the, the defense was going to call who happens to be an FBI agent, happens to have a heart attack on his way to the trial. I would be saying, um, you know, Judge... Can we can we not have a stay and until this man is capable of testifying, man or woman? I don't know who it was. Until they're capable of testifying, this is a, a, you know, it's very important for our defense. So I just that's just a weird. It is. You know, it's kind of like the people that have uh, you know wanted to come out against the Clintons and they commit suicide by shooting themselves selves four times in the head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Strange occurrences uh, happening uh, all the time. Yeah, I don't have much faith in the system based on what we're seeing on these cases. Uh, I think. I think that. Uh, and I, I know I've said this before, but the the country was much further gone than any of us thought. I think that's what we really got from Donald Trump's presidency was that these people came out of the woodwork and Marxism was much more entrenched in this country than we ever suspected, even Rush Limbaugh. Um, I just hope it's not too late. Well, you know, I've had that conversation before, and I am under the impression that it is. Um, and, and like I said, so let, let's just hypothetically say that Donald Trump becomes president again. Um... What happens after him? And, and and let's just hypothetically say that Ron DeSantis runs in 2028 and he's the next president. I mean, we still have all of these, these activists. Uh, I don't know if you heard Black Lives Matter is, is kind of on its last leg. and um, But those kind of, you know, the ACLU, all these... Uh, as you rightly point out, the Marxists aren't going away. And it just seems to get worse and worse all the time. I mean, when you have, when you have Bud Light, you know, thinking it's a smart idea to, to have a, a man that's pretending to be a woman and putting their face on a, on a can like anybody gives a crap, 
you know, who, whose face is on the, the beer that they're buying or who's promoting it. I mean, I don't buy beer because, uh, I don't know, Donald Trump comes on TV and says, hey, you know, the best beer you can buy is blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, because Donald Trump said it's the best beer, I'm going to go buy it. I buy it because I like the taste. I care less who's endorsing. You know, that's another thing, endorsements. Uh, who cares? Like polls, right? Uh, oh, it's a huge thing that the, uh, the union endorsed uh, Joe Biden. I give a crap about the union. I, I make my own decisions. Good for him. You know, they'll donate a lot of money to his campaign. But that doesn't prompt me to vote for him. So all these goofy things that happen and, and people, people are like, oh, my gosh, the, the FOP endorsed Donald Trump. I guess since they endorsed Donald Trump, I, that means I should vote for him. Nobody gives a crap about that. Isn't it odd, though? It is odd. Isn't it odd that the fraternal order of police, that it's news that they backed Trump? Because... A lot of folks are mistakenly under the impression that all of this uh, backing that we give to the uh, police departments for enforcing laws and stuff, they are actually backing a very left-wing agenda. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I I wasn't sure where you are going with that, but yeah, Yeah. it's uh, extremely odd. Yeah, because... All of the violence that was on our streets that cops sat around and watched, uh, that was sold to the public as the uh, police were not allowed to uh, get involved. They were told not to, et cetera, et cetera, which, you know, to a certain extent is true. But what what we were not told was that the police were in favor of what these people were doing, rioting in the streets. Their, their unions are donors to the Democrat Party. And the, their, the, the unions are uh, benefited by the actions that these Marxists take in office. The, the pension funds, the, the benefits, et cetera, et cetera, uh, police departments are not by any means uh, conservative groups. They're, they're backing very left-wing, very Marxist people. And uh, all of this uh, stuff going on with rioting in the streets and burning and looting and murdering, um, the, some, of, some of them were arguing against that uh, as a whole, the police unions were in favor of all of that crap. But where's where is all of the discussion in public? Uh, you know, I, I have a feeling I might be the only one saying this this way because it's not politically correct. But sorry, the the police unions have been backing this violence in the streets, so. We all cry and go to funerals and donate money to families. 
loyal. These these people are actually voting in favor of the violence in the streets. It's insane. It is, <clears throat> and and speaking of this, this kind of falls into that category that you're just talking about and something that we've talked about uh, a few episodes ago, a well-regulated militia. Mm -hmm. So a young man has drawn national attention by taking walks through a Severn neighborhood, Severn neighborhood, with an AR-15 style rifle, and he is hoping to form a protective political militia of similar-minded community members. Um, so I'll, I'll read a little bit of this because we had discussed what is a well-regulated militia. And we had also discussed people are, when they hear that, it strikes fear in them. So, the young man says, I'm trying to build the community and connect us somehow. Uh, he stated as he walked past clusters of townhomes with manicured lawns, rifle in hand. If I'm going to do that, I have to have a well-regulated militia. I have to have that with the way I'm trying to push things. Private militias are prohibited by the Maryland Constitution, unless authorized by the state. Now, we have mentioned that states have their own constitutions, but state constitutions don't override the United States Constitution. So how is a militia prohibited by Maryland? That's just a question mm -hmm. that pops up. No, that's a good question. It's a very fundamental question. So the, um, yeah. So so the article goes on to say, and and of course they have to throw this in there, right? Wearing a Make America Great Again baseball cap, <laughs> Macadori twenty said he has been strolling through his neighborhood with a semi-automatic rifle for months to protest against gun control laws. Destigmatize firearms and a myriad of other reasons. Uh, neighbors have made repeated complaints to law enforcement and local officials. Tensions boiled over last week with a stream of media coverage that included former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, a.k.a. Pippi Longstockings, <laughs> retweeting a photo of the Severn Man. Uh, his demonstrations have uh, gained more attention from other gun, on gun owners who have joined him. Um, on Monday, they were talking with a neighbor who was inspired by the protest, uh, who was walking with an unloaded shotgun and uh, addressed several political and cultural topics, gender, neutral bathrooms, creating equal financial opportunity, the need for male leaders in the community, and stand your ground laws in the state. Though McAdory's rifle had a magazine inside, Billups said his shotgun, a Remington Model 870, was secured with a lock provided by the Anne Arundel County Public Library System. 
So working with the Department of Health, the county library systems began a free gun lock program last month at the Bush Annapolis, Eastport Annapolis, Neck and Glen Burnie branches. First of all, if I own a weapon, I'm not, uh, unless I have kids small enough or, you know, I'm not securing my weapons, I'm not putting a, a lock on the trigger. Because if somebody breaks into my home, they're going to shoot me before I get to lock off. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it's useless. Yeah, what's the point? Um, but according to uh, court records, Billups was chased, arrested, and released Friday after police saw him steal the rainbow-colored hearts off an LGBTQ plus sign outside an Odenton church. Um, so here we go. It doesn't have to be in sync, McAdory said, of the beliefs influencing his group, which he now claims numbers in the hundreds. It's not just one message and one idea. It's a lot of goals collaborating and a lot of ideas collaborating. As a legal gun owner who is not required to have a permit to open carry his long gun, McAdory's walks with his AR-15 style rifle, rifle are legal in Maryland and will remain legal under the new measures Governor Westmore signed into law last week. So here's the funny part. Remember the word militia and the word fear. Following recent and extensive news coverage, however, the walks have drawn mixed reactions from the public and public officials. Moore issued a statement calling McAdory's actions cowardly and intimidating. So, people see someone with a rifle, and, you know, he, he's forming a well-regulated militia, and they think he's being cowardly and intimidating. Because that's what you've been conditioned to believe. This isn't a criminal. It's a neighborhood guy. Whatever, whatever happened to neighborhood watch programs? You think those guys run around with a slingshot? And he's carrying around a gun that isn't even Doesn't loaded. even have a... Yeah, there's no... And has a lock in the trigger. The other guy that's... that's uh, now walking with him is his fellow, uh, you know, it's a, another neighborhood resident. Okay. So in a letter delivered Thursday, Anne Arundel County Attorney General, Jace Swain, warned the severed man, who one, does, who one day wants to join the military, that his conduct could result in prosecution, saying he was facing charges of assault, harassment, stalking, disturbing the peace, and obstruction of school administration. <laughs> what? It's legal. I just read it. The law was passed, what did I say, uh, a couple weeks ago? That you can ca open carry. Uh, so he, he, he went as far as to say... Uh, addressing the letter that he agreed not to be outside with the gun when children are being dropped off, dropped off from school. So he's not being like uh, a rebel or combative or anything. 
you know, he said, okay, I can see, you know, where that might be a concern. So I'll, I'll, I, I just won't do it when the kids are around. And he said, I'm, I'm compromising for them. But it's not a rule. School officials acknowledge McAdory's right to do what he is doing, but have said his actions create fear as well. So there's the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say militia, or if you are a member of the well-regulated militia, people have been conditioned to think that you are a bad person and they should fear you. And since when is fear something that is that you can be prosecuted for? Someone else is afraid of me for whatever reason. I'm not wearing a mask. Oh, so the fuck what? Well, and was it, isn't that what they kind of tried to do? Yeah, it is. If you weren't wearing a mask and, and you're out in public and, uh, you know, I, I seen videos where people were in department stores, grocery stores, and the police came and said, if you don't put a mask on, you're going to jail. Well, what law is that? Yeah, isn't that assault? I mean... That's verbal assault, right? Well, and, and, and sometimes they would grab them and escort them out. Well, that's assault. That's physical assault. Yeah. If you're if you're grabbing me by the arm and forcing me out the door, I don't care if you have a gun and a badge and that you're so-called law law enforcement yeah. because guess what? You're not enforcing a law. A mandate or or a guideline is not the law. Right. And so this is the thing that I had mentioned before where I'd said, you know, these people are just like us military veterans who raised our right hand and swore to uphold the Constitution. Well, if you're breaking the Constitution that you swore to uphold by enforcing something that's not a law, then you're an actual criminal. Uh, so the school principal... Ask parents to increase their presence at bus stops, advise students not to engage with him, and encouraged everyone to report any interactions to the school or police. Uh, he, uh, McAdory, said he has spoken with county law enforcement about his plans. When asked how they responded, he said, I think they're all for it. That's what it seems like. You know, for this thing to work, we will have to be cordial with law enforcement. Well, I have to work together because we're all on the same page. Uh, police department spokesperson declined to comment on his claims. Um, and the county police department said in a statement last week they had received numerous calls about his presence in the community and re have remained in constant contact with the public school system and the state's attorney's office. He's not doing anything illegal. Right. So if you're approaching someone who happens to be carrying a weapon and it's an open carry state and you're a law enforcement official or, or a school official or even a resident, you're harassing someone. 
Simply, yeah. simply because you happen to be afraid of someone carrying a weapon. What's caused you to be afraid? Is he shooting it? I mean, is he just randomly, you know, is he walking down the street like it's the OK Corral and, you know, firing bullets into buildings and crap like that? Or what's he doing that's that's caused you to be fearful? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're mentally unstable people. They've been conditioned to believe that anyone carrying a gun other than a police uh, officer or a military person, uh, police covering FBI, whatever. ATF, whatever, that that you're a bad person, right? Because you have a weapon. Therefore, you must you must intend to shoot people. It isn't that isn't that a weird, twisted, it sick kind of logic? It's so weird to me. Uh, I was just had this discussion with a guy the other day, and you and I have talked about it, where you know when. I don't even know if it's legal anymore. I, I I don't ever see any, but we used to have gun racks in our in our trucks. Yeah. And, you know, twenty twos or shotguns or whatever. And and we drove to school with that crap, man. We never had school shootings and stuff. Yeah. And, and it, a lot and, of us had gun safety classes and would have those. Well, yeah, I'm uh, not rifles. saying Yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody should do that. I mean, you you should have some sort of uh, you know, gun safety class or, you know, Yeah. You know, whatever. Go to the shooting range and and learn how to handle a weapon and all that other stuff. You don't you don't put weapons in the hands of people who don't who don't know what the damage that those weapons can cause. Yeah. For sure. Which is why Yeah, that's why I think that it's you have to question Federal agents carrying them. Oh, yeah, it's specifically the IRS agents that uh, look yeah. like they couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper sack, let yeah. alone I mean, you know carrying a weapon that can kill someone uh, in a heartbeat. And an FBI agent. I mean, seriously, they're supposed to be investigating things. They're not. They're not supposed to be doing law enforcement. It's not how why they are created, and why on earth would anyone in the IRS ever have a need to pull a weapon and fire it at someone? Yeah, I mean the IRS is a is a is a bunch of uh, well, let's let's just face it, it's a government endorsed extortion operation that uh, collects taxes. So why do they need to carry weapons? Uh, that's so misguided. Why? And, and they want to have, have eighty-seven thousand of these people. Well, but but let me ask this question: uh, Why aren't people afraid of them? Well, I think they are. That's the whole. But point, I mean, but right? they look at that as being natural, right? So, so yeah, but, exactly. You know what I'm saying? But, but those we don't know who those people are. We don't know what they're, what, if they have, what are, you what know, are their intentions? Yeah, or or have some sort of mental uh, health issue that's they, not known. Yeah, because exactly. guess what? A lot of these mass shootings that happen, we come to find out that these people had some mental health problems. Yep. Almost every one of them. Almost, yeah. A vast. And I, I use the word "almost" because 
we're never told. So I'm just using that to cover. There's a whole bunch of them that we know they had mental health issues, even though we weren't told of that, but eventually it came out. But for some reason, it's, it's their, it's the goal to tell us as little about these people as possible. But it looks to me like it's darn near a hundred percent. Well, I, 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 I can't think of anyone who would not possibly fit the mentally ill kind of category. So we've talked about, um, you know, we're always told we need to prove something instead of why don't you prove that it's not true or whatever. We were led to believe that the shooter in Nashville was a Trump supporter and a right-wing guy, right? <laughs> that's well, what that's the story they tried to tell. Well, that's that's what originally was reported. Yeah. Why won't they release the manifesto still? With no facts associated with it, by the way. Yeah. Nothing to yeah, it's yeah. There's no 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 factual information to back that up at all. Yeah. So where on earth did they come up with the information? You know, they just made it up. They're lying to us. So there's so, a yeah. So there's, there's the manifesto. There's one yeah. other guy, uh, other than you and I, uh, Senator Jack Johnson. This says who says the public has a compelling interest in and a right to know what was in the mind of the Nashville school shooter. Why don't we get to know that? We have to, we have to take your word that, oh, this yeah. was a Trump guy, you know, probably a white supremacist and, uh, you know, uh, a right-wing, you know... Uh, person that, you know, just wanted to kill people because... I don't know. He 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 voted for Trump. I mean, it, it's just mm-hmm. it's mind it's not boggling. Even, not even true. Well, we're made to believe that it is, but why why aren't there's, you releasing? There's people who believe that though, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's completely not true. There's there's no information that backs it up. So how does it even find its way out into the public discourse? And then we find out that it's not true. It's been, it's been about two months release, ago. Yeah, they won't release this whole stupid manifesto thing. And, you know, where's the compelling interest in keeping that quiet? You know, who's protected by keeping that quiet? The person is dead. So I think the public has a right to know. And yet, for some reason... It's not public. None of those things get uh, out into the public. And yet it's our country. It's we the people. It's not It's not we the politicians and we the police department. It's our country. And yet people aren't willing to uh, put up a fuss about it. You know, if we... I know we've had this discussion before about militias, but you don't have to fight battles with guns. Our people, we the people, are showing that we're we're not willing to fight with words. 
We're not willing to go out and protest. We're not willing to... Uh, well, apparently we're willing to not buy Bud Light. I mean, that's as far as the these vicious white supremacist uh, right-wingers are. They just won't buy Bud Light. Now, that's how dangerous and threatening right-wingers are. Because they damn sure won't do anything else. I think that's our problem. That's the real problem we have. If they ever... If we all ever grew up here, we could change the country. Oh, well, I better get off of that. Yeah, I don't know if we have, again, I don't know if we have the uh, population that's willing to do that, unfortunately. Yeah, how hard is it to go out and, and have a protest? I mean, we have a 20-year-old guy in Maryland who has more guts, more intestinal fortitude, to walk down the, the sidewalk in his neighborhood with a rifle and, and take all the flack that comes along with it and still do it because he believes in it. And as much as I give young, the younger generation a hard time, uh, there, there are some younger people that get it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, to, to just just think, Ron, a 20-year-old who said, I am forming a well-regulated militia. Uh, kid learned it somewhere. And he yeah, under, and he, under, him. he understands what's legal and what's not. And, yeah. and he agreed. You know, he, he, he said, I, I won't. I won't be around when the kids are dropped off from school. It's not like he's trying. It's not like he, you know, like I said, he's not rebelling, saying, screw you, I'm going to do whatever I want because the law says I can do that. I'll, 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 you know, I'll recognize your concern. And I just, when the kids are around, I, I won't do it. Sounds to me like he's pretty reasonable. Yeah. And, uh, but he's going he's gonna to stand up for, for his rights. He's not going to let somebody violate his rights. And that's another issue when it comes to our podcast, that you need to understand what your rights are and not allow police officers or, or public officials or school boards or whatever the case may be to violate your rights. Well, hey, why don't you uh, have him on? Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can't get in touch. See if I yeah. can't get in touch. Here's the thing. I with, mean, here's it, the thing it with might be easier to get on than Elon Musk. Yeah, right. We seem to have trouble with getting old Elon on. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, we could allow him to read a statement instead of not doing so if he insisted. But at any rate, yeah, why not have him on? Uh, yeah, it's a great idea. Um, but but people need to understand that rights are are similar to muscles. If you don't lose, if you don't use them, they go away. Yeah, you know, and and we we seem to have, you know, forgotten that we need to exercise our rights, and don't let anybody tell you you can't. It doesn't matter who it is. It's like those people that you know I ran into over a sign. Yeah, you know you can't you can't tell me that I can't stand on a public easement. 
and 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 put a, a sign out for my business? Who the hell gave you the authority to tell me? This is a pub. This is public property. That means it's for public use. And they they didn't like it. Well, I don't give a crap what you like. I mean, you're not the boss of me. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm going to call the police chief, and I'm like, call him. I'm going to call the mayor. I'm like, call him. I know him, too. And they're not going to violate my rights either. <laughs> Screw them. I mean, if it, 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 and he didn't, but if he had, and the police chief or the mayor would have came down there and said, you can't be on this piece of property right here, I'd be like, you're out of your freaking mind. You better get a tape measure out and measure from the center line on that street to where I'm standing because I'm guaranteeing you right now I'm in the public easement. You want to trespass me on public property, you can go right ahead. But then I'm going to look at you and say, uh, specifically to the police chief, who's a very, very, very nice man and, and was more or less on my side. But if he hadn't have been, and something like that would have went down, I'd have looked at him and said, uh, go ahead and violate my rights today. And then uh, what I'm going to do is make sure you lose your qualified immunity, and my ass is going to be attached to your pension, buddy. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Yeah. No. But who else knows? Who, who else knows that they can do that? Because they've been, they've been conditioned to believe that you can't challenge authority. Well, you can challenge authority as long as it's not, you know, if they're doing something that, if they're giving you a lawful order, that's one thing. So as a, as a supporter of the police, as long as they are acting under the color of law, then I'm all good with it. But when, when you have police officers out there that intimidate people purposefully so that they can make up their own rules and tell you things that are not true uh, and you don't know that, then you fall victim to your vi rights being violated and they get away with it time after time after time. If they were challenged a little bit more, they may not do that kind of crap. Doesn't make them a bad police officer. It just that's kind of how they're trained, right? That's kind of what they do. Yeah. Uh, if they're violating your rights, they are a bad police officer. By the way, they shouldn't be doing that. But I don't think there's a lot of them that do. Um. But anyhow, uh, I think that's uh, going to wrap it for another episode of an inquiry into freedom. Um, don't forget, check us out online at inquiryintofreedom.com.